This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I've got my brother Quentin with me, of course, as always. And dude, you know, there's there's episodes where like I go into it super stoked and pumped to share the tunes with you. And this is one of those episodes, man. I've been very intimately involved with this record <laughs> the last week, dude, and it's it's blowing me away again. So we are talking about a band called Swirlies, and I'm going to say this, this record name once, and then I'm going to shorten it because it's really long. But the record we're talking about today is called They Spent Their Wild Youthful Days in the Glittering World of the Salons came out in 1996, and it is often referred to as just Salons. So that's what we're going to call it from now on, including the band. They they refer to it as Salons. Anyway, so Q, what do you think of that little guitar intro that we played in? It surprised me like several times, dude. And that was like, what, a 30-second clip? 40-second clip? Dude, that pretty much, what you just said, surprised me several times, is a good way to actually sum up kind of what they do. Like... They always keep you on your toes, like throughout each track. You never know what to expect. And yeah, like you said, that's the opening, you know, 45 seconds of track two on the record. And it's really the first song because uh, track one is like this little like sound clip 
from something. It's called French Radio. It's 18 seconds long. That song that we introed us in is called In Harmony, New Found Freedom. And that's kind of really the first track. But anyway, yeah, so that's a good way to tee it up is to talk about what makes them so different. And that's it, dude. They keep you on your toes and they have a very wide ranging sound. I, I read uh, or a way to describe them, I think is perfect. My Bloody Valentine plus Sonic Youth plus Pixies. Wow. Dude, you know, it's funny. I was looking at that album cover. It kind of looks like the album cover for Doolittle. A little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. similar. Yeah. Kind of like an illustration with like some Yeah, almost like a like blueprint that. looking drawing. But yeah. So this record in particular blends some shoegaze elements to it with twee pop. <sighs> There's that term again. Love it. it keeps popping out. Love it. Twee pop. But here's what makes it interesting. They blend also into this sound electronica and lo-fi. Wow. So, and this is 96. Let's just keep that in mind. Yeah, and they, they've, they've actually been around for longer than that. They, uh, they formed in 1990. Uh, originally, the, the founding member, he knew this other guitar player. The founding member's name is Damon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, but Tatunjan. Interesting. T- t- yeah, whatever. Tatunjan. T- I didn't bother to look up how to pronounce it, but um, anyway. Him and this other guitar guy that he knew named Shana Carmody uh, formed a Go-Go's cover band in Boston with a local punk That's guy. That's interesting as well. Uh, uh, yeah. and um, <laughs> A Go-Go's cover band. I want to hear some of that. Right, right. But they actually formed a band because they wanted to write original stuff called Raspberry Bang. And they did put out a seven-inch record. Uh, I couldn't find it, uh, like any any uh, any clips from it or anything like that. But long story short, they very quickly enlisted his high school friend Andy Burnick to play bass, and another guy named Ben Drucker to play drums. And that is uh, basically the the original lineup of uh, Swirlies. And one thing that I've read about these guys is that. If you look at the list of members, it's pretty long. Like they they recycled members quite a bit and they were doing this while they were in like college. And so they were talking about in an interview how like maybe Andy had to miss a few shows because he had to study for something or whatever. So they just pull in like a friend to like tour with them or something like that. So like it was this kind of like evolving door kind of thing. And look at this name, dude. Kurt Vile. Oh, actually was a member. That's cool. He only appeared on um, on one of the records, and he, it basically, it sounds like you can just hear him. His he, he lended his vocals in the background for a track, and that's it. So like, it's not like he was a legitimate member. But anyway, uh, Damon and Andy Burnick are really the the only two members that have you know been there basically since the beginning, right? It seems like it's always only two surviving members, just like last week when we were talking about Swerve Driver. <laughs> It's like two main ones that make it through and through. Yeah, I mean, the, the there's years. definitely. I mean, the current lineup right now has been pretty consistent since like ninety ninety eight. You know. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to point out is um, there's a female vocalist that shows up on this record, and she's one of my favorite parts of the record. Actually, the vocals in general, Damon's vocals, and uh, Christina Files is her name. She joined. After about 
you know, two records in. But their kind of playback or their kind of back and forth that they do is what makes this record really stand out. I We've talked about how female vocalist and shoegaze is like a perfect match, right? Right. Would you consider this a shoegaze record? Shoegaze is one of the, one of the genres for sure. Okay. But it's also, I'm going to borrow a line from the lead singer of Catherine Wheel and say that, um, you know, this band is all about the noise, dude. And they have a, the noise pop, noise rock label also gets attributed to them. And that maybe is the, the Sonic Youth comparisons that they get. Because, you know, Sonic Youth was kind of a noise rock band too, right? Yeah. And I wonder if uh, they get the comparisons to Pixies and Sonic Youth because of the female vocals. You know, you got the two the two Kims in, in both those bands. Her, her vocals are way softer than like Kim, you know, from Sonic Youth. Actually, they're both named Kim. <laughs> right. <The> Pixies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, Kim from Pixies uh, went on to form uh, Cannonballs. Cannonballs? Is that the name of the band? No, Cannonball is the name of the single. Breeders, the Breeders. Bre- yeah. Anyway, right. just wanted to put that out there. So you probably know her from that more so than her time on the Pixies. But anyway, so like I said, I have a ton of tunes and we're just going to play tunes, dude. I've got five tracks for us to play. And some of them you really, because of like what I said earlier, where like they they keep you on your toes, like throughout a song, you really have to listen to a good chunk of it to hear and appreciate all the different twists and turns that they've incorporated into the song. So some of these clips are going to be a little bit lengthy. But one thing I wanted to point out about this particular record is the producer. So his name is Rich Costi, and he played a very important role in our lives, Q, in, in the records that he's produced. Um, he's done a bunch of Muse stuff, like the, the records that we were that we were all about, like Absolution, uh, yes. most of the showbiz kids or whatever. Yeah, man, I haven't thought about those albums in so probably since high school, man. He's done basically. He did all of the swirly stuff, the early swirly stuff, including this record. But he's done Rage Against the Machine. He's done Fiona Apple. He's done Block Party, Silent Alarm. Oh, but there most it is. importantly, Q. Cave-In's Antenna. Oh. Man, okay. So awesome. you know how great that record sounds, wow. right? Yeah. So anyway, wanted to point that out. So here we go. Let's just dive right into Q. This is one of my favorite. I think I mentioned this last week. Two of my favorite shoegaze songs under the wide umbrella of shoegaze. Two of my favorite songs are on this record, and this is one of them. So here we go. This is track number four on the record. And this song is called Sounds of Sebring.
Yeah, I love her voice. Um, but Damon was also singing. They were kind of trading back and forth. I don't know if you could tell or not. Their vocals are very, very similar, which I think is interesting. They kind of remind me of um, Kings of Convenience. You know how similar their vocals are. Oh, yeah. Um, and how soft, right? Uh, quiet is the new lap. Yeah, I mean, I guess I wasn't really you know, focusing enough on it. I was you know, just kind of passively listening. I wasn't... So, yeah, I didn't really pick up on that, but I liked... You know, uh, right before you faded it out, that kind of like robotic uh, effect on the, that reminded me very much of like Moon Safari, Talkie Walkie era air, you know? So that's like that French pop stuff that they were doing in like the early 2000s. That's cool, man. I, yeah, definitely some left turns there, like you said. Yeah. And like, what I, uh, the thing about this band, like, they cram so much into into such a short amount of time. Like with the way their vocals are always so soft, or at least on this record, I feel like it's this perfect like companion, I guess, to the noise rock that they do. Right. Because their vocals are always soft. Well, that's something that, you know, that, that a lot of shoegaze records do. Yeah. My Bloody Valentine, especially. Right. Right. Where the vocals are kind of laid drowned out almost yeah exactly and that's exactly what what this band kind of does too because the vocals are always soft and i i love the way that it it kind of partners with all the stuff that they're doing with their instruments like and then like you said that like robotic type kind of voice almost yeah that was really that's cool. probably like the electronica aspect of them does that show up at all again or is that just on that one song uh, it does show up again, but like, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read an actual quote here from the interview because it's kind of hints at what they're what they're doing here with that. But um, uh, there was an interview they did with sfsonic.com, which is San Francisco Sonic, I guess. In this interview, the guy kind of talks about this kind of stuff. He says a big part of your music is tape loops, white noise, and sampled music especially on the Blonder Tongue Audio Baton record. And that is the record I think came out. Uh, yeah, that was the one that came out before this record. But that's kind of what they were doing here, right? Uh, tape recordings and stuff like that. And um, the lead singer, uh, Damon, says, that, yeah, sometimes um, that's just something we always did, just tape things. He said, Rob and I were taking sound design classes, and we were all into lo-fi and taping. He said, you had to remember all kids in the 80s had tape recorders. So you'd make little remixes yourself. You'd, you'd make mixtapes. And the interviewer says, so it was a novelty thing to do back then? He says, yeah. It was what a lot of people did back then. 
Like I remember making my own remixes of Cure songs, right? Stuff like that. So anyway, that's they brought cool. that kind of thing into the studio with them. Yeah, that is that's cool that they, that they brought that in, having done it just you know leisurely as kids growing up in the eighties. Yeah, and when you listen to this record, like I said, the very opening track is like this eighteen second, like it sounds like a sampled like recording from like some French radio station or something like that. That's what it is like making like and that's kind of that's kind of stuff you do on a mixtape. Right. right, you and I used to do this all the time on our old music blog. All the time, dude. It was a blast, and we'd we'd throw in like random stuff like that all the time. Yep. But um, yeah, in the eighties, you were literally doing it on on tapes, right? Mixtapes. That's kind of what he was talking about. But anyway, so you'll hear that a little bit throughout some of this stuff. But um, there are there are tracks throughout the record that are like you'll see like thirty seconds here, like a fifty-seven second track there. And yeah. It's mostly those they're, – they're making these like transitions and stuff, kind of like a mixtape, right? That's kind of like the art of mixtapes, right? So anyway, uh, let's move on to the next track here, Q. And this song, if you're a long-time No Filler listener, you may recognize it because I brought it as a What You Heard, Once Upon a Time. But we're going to play it again because it's one of my favorite tracks uh, ever on, on, under the shoegaze umbrella. And it's just it's just fucking awesome, man. It's a blast. And we're actually going to split it up into two clips because I want to play – I want to very specifically play this one thing that happens in the second part of the clip, the song. But anyway, so here you go. This song is called San Cristobal de las Casas. Not Cristobal. Cristobal. Cristo, Cristobal. San Cristobal de las Casas. Here we go.
All about the noise. Yeah, dude. It's like controlled chaos. Like, I feel like it's very, everything's all much more intentional and like thought out. And maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, they're compared to Sonic Youth, but that was kind of like mm-hmm. the opposite of how Sonic Youth approached their songs. You know, it was right. kind of, you know, the whole good enough mentality, let's move on kind of thing. I feel like this is kind of the opposite. It seems very controlled and, and thought out. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Sonic Youth would devolve into like that kind of chaotic stuff, like on stage and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, Swirlies is doing it in like a controlled way where like, that's what I like about the soft vocals. Cause like during some of the, the verse here, like his vocals nice and soft, but in the background, like it's, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. But it sounds somehow like very purposeful and like contained, you know? Dude, let me just say it on record here. That that should be the name of the title for this episode, Controlled Chaos. Controlled Chaos, yeah, yeah, dude. So San Cristobal de las Casas is actually a town in Chiapas, Mexico. There was this revolutionary group that emerged in the 80s and in 94, so two years prior to the recording of this record, possibly while he was writing the song, took over multiple towns in the state, including... San Cristobal. And uh, there's that line in this in the song where he repeats the word Zapata. Mm-hmm. Zapata is the name of uh, the Mexican, like uh, basically he was the leader of the, of the Mexican revolution who inspired the Zapatismo movement. Anyway, so the song is about this taking over of some towns and stuff in, 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 uh, in the 80s and then in the 90s by it's this a bit of a history uh, revolutionary lesson, group. Yeah. That's why in the, in the, uh, the lyrics are straight up. It says, San Cristobal de las Casas, after six weeks of clashes, army bombed villages in the southern mountains. There you go, kid. A little bit of history lesson. There's here. a song for everything. Shoegaze and history. Pretty good pretty good pair, pair right there. All right. I'm going to play the next clip here. And don't adjust your iPod or whatever you're listening to because it's not broken. All right. I'm just going to say that. And you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, here we go. So I'm going to just pick this up where we left off. Here is uh, the second clip from this song, San Cristobal de las Casas.
Yeah, that was really cool, man. If that was spinning on my turntable, I would have thought for sure it would have got it like skipped and got stuck in a loop. I've played this song in my office before, back when I went into my office. Yeah. And people would say, is it, <laughs> is, is it skipping? <laughs> and my wife has said that too, and I like play this in the car. Yeah. It's like, first of all, MP3s don't skip. Right? It's not a <laughs> CD player. Okay. But anyway, you got, like it's hard to pull that off, right? And to do it in a way that, I, like it's obviously very repetitive, right? And like I yes. like it when bands do that. We are all about repetition on no filler. Yeah, I because you're anticipating the change, and they carry like they hold this for several measures or whatever the term. I mean, that's almost Animal Collective level repetition, where it just drags on, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that uh, I think I talked about that on um, the Drop Nineteens episode that we did on kick the tragedy and how repetitive it is but the the payoff is what what they give you like six five or six minutes in when that when she starts doing that spoken word thing the 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 singer for one of the singers of drop 19th right right it's all about the build-up and the expectation of what's going to happen next and i think that's what Swirlies so does so well is because you don't know what the heck's going to happen from song to song, you're always kept on your toes. And so they don't, they don't do that anytime else on the record. I mean, they kind of draw stuff out sometimes, but not to that extent. But anyway, I just, I, I really like that, that part um, of the song. And I love how they bring everything back. I love that really loud guitar moment that happens a couple times on this on this uh song you know that's the uh the noise rock that they yeah. do really well definitely but the repetition is also something that shoegaze is known for right uh speaking of like so one of the reasons that this record and you'll hear it pretty well but like the next three songs is a good example of this like there's a lot of different uh, styles of music on this record and that's because uh, they spent the most time recording this record than any other record like it's they it spanned several I don't know if it spanned like a full year or two but like they spent a lot of time on this record so here's a um, here's a, a little quote here it says the band had spent considerably more time in the studio sequencing salons than they had their previous records resulting in seamless transitions between varied styles of music, giving it the feel of a well-crafted mixtape. Band leader Damon later called the record the band's longest labor of love. So, as a mixtape aficionado, as he had mentioned, he is, right? I mean, I can see how the longer you spend on something, like you're going to focus on the transitions and stuff. And like, if, if you are well-versed in the art of mixtapes. Like that's something you think about. Like, how does this like play from track to track? You know, something that you care about. And like with this record, uh, especially, and those two songs are back to back on the record, by the way, sounds of Sebring and San Cristobal. And the way they transition them are really is pretty, is pretty good. Uh, I didn't actually play it, but, but anyway, that's just something to keep in mind is this is one of those records that you would want to play from start to finish to appreciate the transitions and especially the way that they throw in these like tracks that are really just aimed as like a transition. That speaks to the, the environment that Rich allowed them to have in the studio too, you know, cause I, I yeah. bet that they sat down with him 
and you know had a major role in the decisions too you know for for each track and for the transitions between the tracks you know so that's that's really cool yeah so like here let me read this here because this kind of talks this kind of explains why it took them so long so mixing for the record was initially attempted at this uh this place called sound tech techniques in the finway but the band was not satisfied with the mixes and remixed over half the record at looking glass in nyc typically spending a day or more per song wow i think we've talked about that too at some point there's bands where that has happened where like an album is like mixed and they're just not happy with it that happened with loveless dude like they i want to say they went to like four or five different studios before they were satisfied yeah and you can see how like for shoegaze where it's all about the reverb and the effects and stuff like yeah you probably gotta you're probably gonna obsess a little bit more on the uh on the mix you know and definitely getting yeah. it just right let me shout out to the drummer too dude i love the drummer yes i haven't i haven't mentioned that yet but yeah dude i'm, I'm a big fan of that stuff yeah anthony deluca is his name yeah and that's that to me lends itself to that kind of controlled chaos vibe that i get from from how they approach their recording like his yeah. drums sound not sloppy but like chaotic you know mm-hmm. in a way but it is it, it's very it's repetitive in all the right ways and it, it's definitely it's all very intentional you can just you can just tell yeah yeah all right let's move right along here so uh, i'm gonna jump a few tracks down this song is called two girls kissing
super solid track, man. I think this is the grungiest they get on the record because it's very, it's very, it's grungy. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the guitar sound is very, very, uh, very grunge-esque, right? So, yeah, that, that was awesome, man. And that, that one section of the song where it, it, I guess the most repetitive part of the song. Yep. It sounded almost like it was like perpetually, it was like, it sounded like it was detuning. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's the thing. They, 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 yeah, they will do stuff like that where it's like the tone changes of the guitar. Kind of like what the effect that you get with the glide guitar method, you know, mm-hmm. that Kevin Shields did. But yeah, that was cool, man. But again, man, every time you listen to, to each track, you'll hear something different. Like there's yeah. so many, so many little, you know, nuances to each song. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where like you have to you got to spend a lot of time with this band to really you like every time you'll you'll hear something new and you'll appreciate something different. That's what's yeah. so great about these songs. And like 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 we were saying like just on this song alone, like how many different how many times did they change it up, right? Yeah, it, it started off with Christine singing and then a, you know, a decent amount a, a decent uh way through it, Damien pops in. Yeah, and then it just kind of, and then it picks up on that heaviness and and the grunginess. Yeah, like halfway through, and it just jams out for like a solid minute, you know. Yeah, yeah, which is great. So, quick sidebar: um, this sound, I guess, this more heavier sound, um, reminded me, and the back and forth with the vocals reminded me of that group Should that I brought to our April What You Heard, um, an album of theirs called Feed Like Fishes, came out in '98, so just a couple years after this. Just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all might like that album if you haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, if you like if you like this, let you might like that kind of thing. Yeah, and but it's way more shoegaze. You know, like like wall of of sound shoegaze, uh, more classic shoegaze sound. But they've got a great kind of back and forth with the way they sing, and and that goes in you know all their their records. They've been around for a while. So, anyways, just a quick sidebar. Anyway, yeah, just. A solid track, dude. Like you said, this is their actually their most played track on Spotify, at least. So, well, that's not true. There's actually a song called "Pancake" that beats it out, but on this record, at least, oh, it's because you can't beat pancakes, dude. You that's know, true. Just man. in general, that's true. That's a good rule in life. You can't beat pancakes. Waffles, <laughs> though. Come on, waffles. Are yeah, bad. I think we're both on the same page there. Twain. Speaking of waffles, are you caught up on Stranger Things season four? Uh, we just watched episode five. So okay. we'll be watching episode six tonight. It's good, man. It's good. And uh, you know what? I, I haven't gone back and listened to it yet, but I was I was noticing that the soundtrack seemed a little bit more, had more depth to it and stuff like that. And more like, sounds like the, uh, you know, what are, what are those guys? Uh, Kyle Dixon and something Lambert. Maybe I'm, I might be thinking about the, uh, okay, Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I brought a Stranger Things track like the theme song was on our best of like the decade yeah uh i'm pretty sure because it's such an iconic song definitely worthy of of being on a top yeah well that that's you know how like tv intros you know most like netflix yeah you skip the intro right right you never skip the stranger things intro dude Mm, you gotta hear that song every time get you pumped up yeah anyway uh but yeah dude i personally i'm a waffles guy over a pancake guy yeah, if, if, if I have a choice, waffles yeah. for sure. I'm with you, yep. brother. Yep. Anyway, I was just pointing out that Two Girls Kissing is the most played track on this record on Spotify. So this song gets a lot of love. 
but anyway, you can see why it's a good it's a good representation of of everything that Swirlies does really well. Anyway, so let's move on to the next track here, and it is the next track on the record, and this is the perfect example of the electronica elements that they add to this record. So this song, I'm pretty sure, because I'm seeing on the on the uh, liner notes for this record that Damon is credited for the vocoder. So that's his voice doing that robot kind of thing, right? But also for uh, drum machine and samples. So I'm, I'm guessing that this is a drum machine that you're going to hear. But anyway, here we go. This song is called Sterling Moss. I can see why you got to play a lengthy clip. Yeah. Just for how much to. it changes, even if it's subtle. You have to. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that those drums definitely had a, a sampled, looped kind of vibe to it. But what a different sound than any of the other songs that I played. That song felt like a Beck song, you know, like Mellow yes. Gold. I was thinking the same. Beck, which came out in 94. Yes. So, totally. you know, all kind of in the same... Yeah, minus the vocals, obviously, because Beck's and, and the lyrics. Right, dude, we gotta do a, we gotta do that. We gotta do an episode on that record. Right, dude, it's funny. The only we we have covered Beck, but but it was Sea Change, which is yeah. I mean, it's a it's a Nile Godrich record, so yeah, yeah. Well, we should do. It's totally different from everything else that he's done. We should do either um, Mellow Gold or uh, what's the other one. With the freaking shaggy oh, Odelay, we oh, should do yeah, Odelay, yeah, or maybe a combination of both of those. Anyway, that would be an interesting place to go. Dude, yeah, part of me wants to stay in the '90s for the whole year if we can. You know, even if it means transition to a different genre, I just kind of want to a keep different this style of '90s. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, Beck definitely defies genre, but uh, for sure, he, yeah, that record. You want to talk about like an alt alt rock record? Maybe, if you want to call it that. All right. I got one more track, Q. And this one 
you really do got to play a very lengthy clip, but get ready to float. <laughs> We're going to go out just with smiles, dude. All smiles. This song is great. Uh, just go ahead and, you know, get your get your mouth in a smile shape because this song just makes it just makes you happy, dude. All right, dude. I'm, I'm ready to smile. You ready? I'm ready. All right. The song is called Sun.
floating, dude. A absolute delight of a song, dude. And you know, it's interesting. Like right when you press play on it, it was kind of like, like the chords were minor, you know, like, and, and then it kind of, and then it turned into, it felt like uh very Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins. Like mm-hmm. it sounded to me like 1979. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When it all came in. That's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, which is one of, you know, that's a song that I can't help but smile and, and float around the room in when, when I hear it. Yeah. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can totally hear the influence that this band had on indie bands that we listen to that I guess, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but like dream pop and shoegaze, two sides of the same coin or whatever. You can hear her vocals, especially like kind of leans more toward the dream pop, you know, side of the spectrum. And like, I heard some Andrea Estrella from a twin sister of Mr. Twin sister. Uh, maybe their first Ooh, record with that yeah, kind of the, breathy yeah, vocals. before they got more kind of dancing and electronic like maybe the first record where they were really more dream pop like uh all along and yeah way we go, uh, what is it i'm gonna let me name the record um this is before they went by mr twin sister they just went by twin sister but yeah the dream the dream pop of the 20 the, the 2000s 2010s that you and i listened to quite a bit one of my favorite songs from from the 2010s, dude, Lady Daydream. I love that song. Yep. But anyway, you can totally hear the influence that this band had on countless bands that came out like in the next decade plus, right? But I wanted to play uh, the clip. Basically, I want to uh, to prove the point that that you never know what to expect in these songs. I'm gonna let the song pick back up and play out to close us out here. So. Here we go. I'm going to push play again. Again, this song is called Sun. Like the last 20 seconds, they throw on a whole do different kind of vibe. Totally and different like drum riff. beat. Yeah, the drums. Which that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite beats. Any variation yeah, yeah. of that beat, I, I love. And yeah. I love playing that beat, too. That's one of my favorite beats. Yeah. Well, anyway, there you go, man. That was the Swirlies. 
And I think that's a pretty good representation of this record. Uh, what an awesome, awesome album. Yeah, it, it's easily top top five, top ten, you know, maybe shoegaze slash dream pop records of all time for me. Easy. And like a lot of people kind of reference the band in general as like one of the greatest American shoegaze bands. Uh, and, you know, the press kind of would say back in the 90s that this was like America's answer to my bloody Valentine as in like as if like we have to have our own version. I don't know. Like it's kind of weird. Sometimes <laughs> to be, but I mean, like, you know, this was although the funny thing is the same thing was said about drop 19. So like between drop 19s and swirlies, like this was America's like uh, two of our best, I guess, uh, entries in into the shoegaze. Here's our offering. Yeah. Here's what we got. Which is great, because, like, what an awesome record. Yeah, between Drop 19's Delaware, which came out in 92, and Swirly's, I guess I'm going to say the name again, they spent their wild, youthful days in the glittering world of the salons. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that, you know, where the where the bands reside Yeah, and when it comes to shoegaze. You know, I guess a lot of it is from the UK. Right, yep, exactly, so... Anyway, that's well, it. That was man. great, man. Go back and listen to this record all the way through. I don't know if I have to say that or not, but I mean, like I said, I've been like those six songs, especially including the intro track that I played. Yeah, man, I've been I've been a heavy, heavy uh, repeat the last week, kind of prepping for this episode, and it's just like, man, what a what a solid record. So anyway, uh, yeah, that was it. So. Next week, do we have a band picked out yet? Or I guess we have one more episode and then we'll have a, a what you heard for June. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, I got a couple albums that I want to play from uh, from this band called Sloan, uh, which I brought a song from their album Twice Removed as a what you heard pick a while ago, probably over a year ago. Um, they are from Canada. Another a uh, band that they're still going strong, but they started in 91. It's this is going to be more on the like indie rock, alt rock, not no shoegaze at all. But yeah, these guys, this is another band that that surprised me, you know, yeah, just like uh, Swirly's did for you. So we're going to bring uh, some songs from their debut record, Smeared, which came out in 92, and then their second album, Twice Removed which came out in 94. So that's going to be great, dude. I'm excited to share it with you. Cool. And, you know, that's the name of my cat. So That's right. Uh, I did not name the cat after this band, though. I named the cat after the character in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just if you're wondering. Now, I wonder if if this band named... Themselves after the... Ver- named themselves after Slime. Maybe. I'll look into it, dude. I'll let you know. Maybe. The movie had definitely come out by the time they formed, huh? 87 is when it came out. All right. So, shout outs. We we get enough interaction from our listeners now that we can have weekly shout outs, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Keep it coming. I wanted to, we both wanted to give a shout out to uh, somebody named Ezra who reached out to us on Instagram and like sent like this really 
amazing uh, message to us about. You want to talk about floating around the room? Yeah, dude. dude. Smiles for miles, you know. Smiles for miles. I don't know if I want to read the whole thing, but I really, yeah, I liked uh, the concept of um, of, of you sort of uh, think about us as, as your two older brothers that show you all the cool music that you haven't even dreamed of. I mean, that's mm. fucking great, man. I will gladly be uh, one of your Sarah. An older, older brother older figure. Brother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so he, he found our podcast a couple of years ago because of our episode on Fleet Fox's Helplessness Blues. Uh, he says, Fleet Foxes has been my favorite band since I developed my own taste in music and means a lot to me. So yeah, he, he connected with us over that record and um, yeah, he's been he's been listening ever since. So thank you so much, Ezra, for the kind words and the love. Right back at you, man. I feel like you're a younger brother to us as well. That's right. Uh, as music fans, yeah. So thank you so much for reaching out to us. And he also um, suggested a band. I, I won't mention the name, but maybe we'll bring it a, bring it as a, a what you heard outro. Yeah. Uh, pick. I want to say that I'm. I want to say I'm familiar with this group. We'll talk about it on our What You Heard. But yeah, thanks for the suggestion. We'll definitely give him a listen. Uh, this person's, I mean, he's still active, this this musician. The band is called The Eels. I don't know why we're hunting it. But yeah, you recommended <laughs> uh, uh, this this guy. He goes by the name Eels. He put out a record in 2022. So he just put out a new record called Extreme cool. Witchcraft. But, Sweet. Um, I'll check it out for yeah. sure. Wow, he's been around since 96. Yeah, Holy man. moly. And he appears on multiple Shrek records, which is uh, Shrek soundtracks, which is interesting too. Interesting. Well, all right. Yeah. So he might be still cashing that check. I, you know what, dude? I feel like Smash Mouth. Just, they didn't have to do it once they put out. Uh, you know, I'm a believer. And All Star. Once those two songs were associated with Shrek, I feel like they're they're done. They're done, dude. They're done. They don't have to work a day again no. in their lives. <laughs> I was thinking about the, the, the song All-Star the other day. That song gets that, in my yeah, head sometimes. Somehow it gets into my head yeah. too. There's something about there, – there's got to be some some scientific reason why that song is so catchy. Yeah. But anyway. I'm not I'm not welcoming it into yeah, my brain. Yeah, that's but it, true. It's, it creeps its, its way. Sure, I don't know that I want it in my head, but you know. But anyways, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ezra, for reaching out to us. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you um, for your for your kind words. It means the world to yeah, us, really. Right back at you. All right. So, yeah. Anyway, Instagram, you can you can follow us and interact with us there. Just look for No Fear the Podcast. I'm going to keep asking until somebody says yay or nay. Tell me if you want T-shirts. Would you want to wear a No Filler T-shirt? Basically, we just want to make T-shirts. Yeah, you know? I yeah, I want basically to make T-shirts, uh, and provide them for y'all. Yeah, would you wear them? Would you rock a no filler T-shirt? Let us know. Email us at nofillerpodcast@gmail.com if you don't feel like messing with Instagram, and let us know. Yeah, and if we get enough people that say yay, then we'll figure out a way to make some for you. Yep, that's right. And we'll try to keep the price. You know, as cheap as possible. Yeah. Uh, well, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcast.com to find 
many other great music-related podcasts. The network is the home of music-centric podcasts. There is nothing else on there except for music-related podcasts. So chances are, if you like our podcast, you'll probably find some more under the, the network umbrella that you like. So yeah, search anywhere you get your podcast. You can find Pantheon Podcast to get the entire feed. So if you follow the feed, you'll get our weekly episodes in there in there as well, um, along with every other show's uh, episodes. So anyway, PantheonPodcast.com. And yeah, that's it. So next week, we will talk about Sloan. And I'm just going to actually let, I'm going to let that intro track that we played uh, play us out because I feel like you didn't really get to appreciate it aside from the, the sweet guitar intro. So, um, yeah, we're going to close out with the song In Harmony, Newfound Freedom by the Swirlies. And, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Take care.